What's up? I'm Julius Young. I'm an entertainment reporter with years of hard-earned experience and have gone from working in the trenches of Los Angeles, in the streets of the paparazzi, to the glitz and glamour of celebrity red carpets. And I've been getting the latest scoops on celebrity news every step of the way. And I'm Kimberly Holmes. I have years of experience in working with thousands of couples and relationships, and I know what works and what doesn't. Together, Together we, we are, are Young, young and, and Holmes. You're here because, like us, you're hopelessly fascinated by the world of celebrity relationships. Admit it, fellas, you're into it too. So stick around for a wild ride until fame do us part. Young and Holmes is brought to you by Marriage Helper. Whether your marriage is on the brink of divorce or your spouse had an affair, Marriage Helper helps give you the tools to not only save your marriage, but make it better than it ever was before. To learn more about their marriage-saving workshops, online courses, or coaching, go to marriagehelper.com. If anything works, this will. Queen Elizabeth's marriage of 73 years to Prince Philip was certainly one for the books, but their wildly public love story wasn't all smiles. Early in the relationship, Philip had to come to grips that the woman he married would become one of the most influential people in the world, which he would have to project as no big deal. And the queen would have to put up with Philip's alleged extramarital affairs and parties with younger women. Around their 50th wedding anniversary, Philip gave a rare speech about his marriage, pressing on that the main lesson they learned up until that point was that tolerance is the one essential ingredient of any happy marriage. Philip added that while tolerance may not be quite so important when things are going well, it is absolutely vital when the goings get difficult. Philip pressed, you can take it from me, that the queen has the quality of tolerance in abundance. True Royalty TV co-founder Nick Bullen told Fox News, the secret between their marriage was mutual respect, understanding, and space, and maintained that as the Duke, Philip knew that he had to do his duty. He knew and was always there for the queen. So Kimberly, when you think about the fact that this couple was married for so many years, 73 years. I mean, what do you make of the fact that they were able to tolerate each other for so long? Which I love that quote from Prince Philip, where he said, you can take it from me that the queen has the quality of tolerance in abundance. I think that shows the lightheartedness that, that they brought to their situation, but not to dismiss that having that kind of, as they put it, tolerance, I might use the word patience for each other in their marriage and really learning that Every person has things that are going to annoy us, but they also have qualities that are going to endear us to them. That focusing on the good is really what matters in creating a satisfying long-term relationship. We see in the research that it's called a commitment-based marriage. Mm. You make the commitment that it's going to last and to do what's best for the relationship. And divorce is always the last option in that kind of relationship. And that's definitely what the Queen and Prince Philip demonstrated in their seven 73 years married together. Okay. But think about this though, right? Okay. When, when you live much of your life in the public eye, uh, mm -hmm. scrutiny, uh, you know, allegations, whatever the case may be, not only from the public, but from media as well. Uh, and then maybe murmurs within social circles or whatever the case may be. I mean, how does one partner or both partners exude that confidence that they have their partners back? Right. It's important 
we know this when we have kids. You, I believe you have kids. You have two kids, right? Three. I ha- you have three kids. Oh my goodness. I have two kids. One's one new. The- don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. One of the things we know as parents though, that if you and your spouse are not on the same page, when your kids are wanting to watch TV or get that extra cookie after dinner, oh, that they will gosh. do everything to try and pin you against each other. That happens in society too. We see, and you would know this more than me because you're part of the media. You're part of the the paparazzi that that goes after these stories. But all of a sudden, something that was seemingly nothing can turn into this huge deal because someone said something the wrong way. And then people are interpreting that one way. And then everyone's starting to give opinions. And so I believe that the best thing a couple can do is to realize that if they're going to have each other's backs in the public's eye, they have to have each other's backs in private as well. That doesn't mean that you're not going to disagree and that you're not going to have to figure out ways to compromise. You absolutely have to do that. But at the end of the day, in your marriage, your wife or your husband needs to know that no matter what happens, you support them and you are there for them. And that when it's done in private, will translate in public. So, I mean, we live, especially now, we live in a societal time where obviously social media is so huge and projection mm-hmm. is, is everything, right? We, we're all projecting something. Um, you know, we're also in the age where, you know, many women are the breadwinners in their own households. Um, so from an ego perspective, from a male perspective, how can this possibly affect the relationship when the gender roles are flipped in this case? Great question. And that's something we're really starting to see, even as you said, more and more as as more women are becoming breadwinners. So I will say that in my house, I am the working parent and my husband right now is the stay-at-home dad. He is a, an, an example of what we see happen in the research. But I've seen with him that there has been the struggle of I have this strong need to provide for my family. I want to provide. And so at times he does have that ego hit. What I have to be mindful of is always watching how I am treating him, how I am talking about what he does. When other people ask, what does your husband do? I don't say, oh, he's just a stay-at-home dad. I say, my husband is the stay-at-home dad and he's amazing at it and he's great because I want to exude that I am confident in him and that I respect what he does because that will help him feel more respectful and respected in what he does well. We know that three things are very important in relationships for someone to feel liked, loved, and respected. That respect part is key for both spouses. We have to make sure that we're doing things to show our spouse we respect them. And especially when there's this shift in the roles that are being played, It doesn't make one less valuable than the other. Not at all. It's just that now it's different. So we have to make sure we are saying the positive things about that first so that we won't let society tell us what it needs to be. Do you think that many couples or many individuals, you know, use social media as a tool or as a barometer, right, for what their relationships or what their perceived relationships should be? How do we kind of, you know, bring that back and bring that back to, hey, 
we have to take care of what's important at home and then just let social media be what it is because it's not real in the grand scheme of things. You know, what's interesting about this is the research has been very mixed in social media's effect on our lives. There are some studies that say it has a really positive impact because we're able to stay connected to people. We're able to see what's going on in their lives and we can feel more connected at a time when we weren't able to be as connected with those people in the past. So in some ways it's positive, but then of course there's the other research search out there saying it's leading to more loneliness and depression than ever before. And I believe what we can take from that is like many things, let's take it in moderation. So how do we make sure that we're not just using social media as a way for us to portray our highlight reel and that we're only seeking social media as a way to feel bad about ourselves or to focus on what we need to change in our relationship. That's the key. I think the question we should ask ourselves is when using it is when I'm on social media and looking through, is it making me question my own life, my own marriage? Is it making me want things that I don't have? And I end up feeling worse afterward than before Sure. using it as that, that personal barometer. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is we start seeing other people's ideals And that's what we start chasing because we're never going to achieve what other people say they have achieved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you go back to, you know, the idea of tolerance, which is exactly what we're talking about here. My wife tolerates me in ways that I don't even know how she has the patience, you know, honestly, like, you know, it's when, when, because, because, you know, I, because I am someone who, who is so consumed by my work and so consumed by, you know, um, entertainment media and television and movies and the fact that I have to scour social media on a daily. So I try to, I try to put it away. I try to put it away after work and, you know, and, and, and just make sure that, you know, the focus is on the kids. The focus is on my wife. The focus is on home and tending to home until bedtime from a partner who is looking at their spouse, who is potentially doing great things or potentially forging a career and maybe the spouse had one at some point and there's situations outside of their control have creeped in. And now they, they aren't able to do that. They aren't able to do the things that they love in their career. How do they then find it within themselves to channel those emotions and those, those, those drives into other things that have to do with the family and their marriage relationship? That's a great question. I think a lot of this is is also going to stem from personal feelings of self-esteem and self-confidence and knowing what your value is without waiting for other people to assign you that value. Bingo. One of the things that 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 we teach that I have taught in um, in how strong relationships are formed, but also in how to even have a better relationship with yourself is there is a process to falling in love. So stay with me. It works for couples, but it also works for falling in love with yourself, if you will. And the way that process starts is with what we call attraction, but attraction is defined in four areas, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And when we break these down physically is it's really focusing more on how do I feel about myself physically? 
physically? Like, do I have enough sleep? Do I have enough energy? How is my mood? What, how can I manage those things about myself? Intellectually, what am I continuing to do to learn and grow and just grow my mind, become a fascinating person to talk to? Emotionally, it's all about, am I doing things that evoke emotions within other people that they enjoy feeling? And then spiritually is, am I living in line with my beliefs and values and doing things that add value to the world? And so this is an easy framework for people who are in a situation saying, I'm trying to figure out how to take these efforts, these, these passions I have, these things that I want to do and funnel them somewhere. Well, this framework, when you think of it through the pies, working on your pies and becoming the best you can be, can help you to start moving forward in that direction and getting things done. And it also helps to increase your self-confidence. And one thing that happens when individuals increase their self-esteem, their self-confidence and work on personal development is it has a correlation, a strong correlation to marital satisfaction and relationship satisfaction. So this is a win-win for everyone. Work on myself, become the best that I can be as a person in the relationship. And it has a positive impact on the relationship as well. Absolutely. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of everyone else who relies on you and everyone else who cares for you and you love? So, yeah, absolutely. Check, check and check. I think you're definitely a fascinating person to talk to. I mean, come on now. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You, you are too. I would love to know before we go to the next segment, you asked a question of me. You said, how do you feel like social media plays a role into people's relationships and things? How do you see media, not just social media, but just media as a whole affecting people's relationships, celebrity relationships, and uh, us normal people's relationships? The way that the media covers relationships is obviously it's sensationalized, right? I mean, mm. before we, you know, started recording today, you know, the latest report on J-Lo and Ben Affleck was that they were essentially rekindled their relationship via, you know, being pen pals. Like Ben Affleck would email, he would, he would see pictures of J-Lo as she's filming her, you know, latest film, Shotgun Wedding, ironically. And, you know, he would, he would see pictures and he would email her. And <laughs> I guess when they were engaged previously, she fell for him because he he had a very elegant way of writing and speaking. So she was amused for him, essentially, which Affleck actually spoke to in his latest courtship of J-Lo. And this is all during the time that she's in the Dominican Republic and A-Rod jets down there with roses in tow to try to save their relationship and their engagement. But I think at that point, you know, she had already been in communication with Ben on another mm -hmm. level. And then once they finally got back to L.A., that's when things started to pick up. So the media, the way that we cover it, we're essentially looking for the headline. We're looking for, you know, what's going to drive the story, but also what's going to emote as much emotion as possible. And you know, the way that we write these stories, the way that we cover the stories, you know, the sources that we reach out to, the way that, you know, the experts who we reach out to, such as yourself, we're actively trying to find angles mm -hmm. that we can cover the stories from, whether a story has been, you know, completely, you know, reported from the top to the bottom, we're going to find something, some in that we can tweak or that we can work with to push that story along. So, 
yes, we are at fault in some ways, but look, I'm not naive to the fact that the media does, does do, you know, a good job, bad job one way or the other, but it's a deep responsibility in my eyes, you know, not one that I take lightly. At the same time, I always tell people, look, entertainment news is the best news to cover because you can write it in whatever way you want. When it's a political story, when it's a public interest story, you know, that's, that's super specific. You have to give the facts, you have to give it, you know, write it a certain way to make it easily digestible. Entertainment news, you can be witty, you can be punny, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can use, you know, song titles for, you know, for, you know, jokes and things like that. So it really does create a different level of connection to the viewer, to the reader, but also to that couple as well. Hopelessly fascinating world of celebrity <laughs> relationships with Julius Young. So before before we move on, I just have to point out, you said that about Ben Affleck and how she said he loved she loved the way that he would write to her and the things. So that's a perfect example of emotional attraction. Mm-hmm. Ben is doing things to JLo and saying things to JLo that she likes the way he that she feels when he is with her or when he is talking to her. Therefore, she is attracted to that. That's how that works. Really, Julius, as we're thinking about wrapping up, talking about the royal couple, the 73 years that they had married together, the key takeaway that we, that we as not royal, <laughs> at least in the state of England, as not royalty, although I want to be, I wear a tiara, <laughs> Every Halloween. That's always my, that's always my costume. To be a princess, right? Of course. That's, I'm, exactly. I'm a princess. That's exactly right. I tell my daughter that all the time. She believes it too, <laughs> especially for herself. But the, the biggest thing that we see here is that this commitment to making the relationship work and then doing the things to continue to evoke that commitment, whether it's the personal decision, but also doing the things that, that help to build that commitment in the other person by the emotional attraction that we've been talking about, by having your spouse's back and showing them that respect on and off camera, so to say, in your house and outside your house and not letting other people make that judgment for you, but you deciding it for you and for your relationship first. What else would you have to add as we finish out talking about the royal couple? From my perspective, from the male perspective, is just that the subtle things, right? Just little, the little nuances that make a relationship a relationship. Brushing past someone in the kitchen and, you know, just the small things that make someone feel loved, make them feel as if they are a part of you and what you're doing, as if they bring a bigger part to whatever the situation is, and just re-emphasizing that, hey, whatever their value is, which is obviously high, you want to make sure that they know and they don't have to worry or have that that idea in the back of their mind, you know, am I enough? Am I, am I doing enough? But just to, you know, always just exude and just re-emphasize those nuances that make relationships exactly what they are. Of course, you know, projecting on social media and the outbound, that stuff is fine. But if your partner isn't mentally there with you and you guys aren't intertwined, it's not going to work. And you are going to feel the distance. You are going to feel the disconnect. There is going to be a brief, you know, small tug and pull, you know, even on, you know, small things, whether you left a cup on the sink or you, whatever the case may be, those, those things are magnified because there is Mm -hmm. another type of thought or emotion that, you know, otherwise wouldn't be there um, if everything was on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Julius is becoming a relationship expert. <laughs> you look, are I'm, on your I'm, way. I'm getting, look, I'm, 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 look, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm just a reporter. Okay. I'm getting, I'm in training right now. You're <laughs> training me. <laughs> You're just getting the facts. <laughs> so I'm just getting the facts. That's right. That's right. Thank you for joining us to talk about celebrity relationships and what those relationships can mean for you and me as well. Join us next week and we'll give you the latest dish on the billionaire couple. I can't wait to hear all about it. Please visit us at youngandholmes.com. Leave your questions and we'll be reading these on the air. And finally, I am Kimberly Holmes and he is Julius Young. And together we're young and homes. Peace.